Awesome. I'm going to uh, read out of, uh, let's pray really quick. Let's just pray before we jump into this. And, uh, and I'm going to read a, a very familiar story. I'm going to read a very familiar story out of the book of John, John chapter 6. But before we jump into that, we're just going to pray. God, today, we just invite you into this moment. And God, I just pray that you would use me uh, for the next few minutes just to bring help to your people. God, we need you more than ever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All righty. We're going to read a story um, in uh, John chapter 6, verse 5 through 11. It says this, Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered about 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves. He gave thanks to God and distributed it to the people. Afterwards, he did the same with the fish. And they all ate as much as they wanted. Growing up as a kid, um, I loved to play sports. Basketball was primarily the sport I played. Uh, but I also liked to play football. But, but I, I was never allowed to play football growing up. And it wasn't because my parents were anti-football. I just always surpassed the weight limit. Uh, I exceeded it in abundance. And so I was not permitted to play. Like in sixth grade, the weight limit was like 120 pounds. I'm thinking, listen, man, that works for kids that eat like cornflakes for breakfast. But my mom makes me like two chorizo burritos every single morning. It's just not going to work for me. So long story short, I, I, I never was able to play football middle school. By the time I got to high school, I'm thinking, man, I'm, I'm a rookie. I have, have, have no experience. I don't want to do it. But I found a league that would allow me to play. And this wasn't your ordinary league. This was like a street league. And, um, and, and I'm telling you, I know it may sound crazy, but if I was a coach, this is where I would go to start recruiting some of these players. Because in this street league, we had the guys that were never permitted to play in, in, in regular school. I mean, don't get me wrong. They were on ankle monitors, but it's okay. They were tough. And, 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 and in this neighborhood, in this street league, there was a lot of competition. And uh, my, my team, like we were young, and uh, I'm not going to lie, we weren't the greatest team. But one day, there was like a moving truck, and this kid moved into the neighborhood, and he was a big boy. We called him G. His name was Gabriel, but he just went by G. And G was about 297 pounds, 5'8", but he could run like a gazelle. And, and, I, and I'm telling you, we'd go through the gate to get into the field. G would just hop over the fence. And at 297, it's pretty impressive. There was something that we knew when we hit that field. Whatever we do, get the ball in G's hands. G was unstoppable. G would give people concussions like every other game. He was a beast. When the pressure was on, in the heat of the moment, no matter who wanted the ball in their hands, we all had enough sense to get the ball to G. And this is what the disciples do in this moment. They're feeling the pressure. They're seeing a crowd of people heading in their direction, and they are hungry. And they do the right thing by getting what they had 
into the hands of the one that never fails. Today, I want to talk to you about the power in surrender. The power in surrender. The, the disciples were very limited to what they had, but when they surrendered it to Jesus, a situation that seemed impossible all of a sudden became a reality. I don't know what you're facing today, but I want you to know that if you would be able to surrender that situation to God, I believe a situation that looks impossible could become a reality, can become a miracle, can become a testimony. There's power when we surrender. I know this preaches really well, but if I'm honest, I know it's something I've struggled with even in my own life. Like, it's super easy to say, like, God, I surrender. I, sur I surrender all. And then I'm thinking, like, really? Like, did you? And I want to highlight three things today that I believe keep us from surrendering situations to God. And I'm not poking at anybody or making anyone feel bad. These are things in my own personal life that have kept me from surrendering situations to God. But I believe it's going to help us today. One reason why I believe we don't surrender situations, the things that keep us up at night, the problems that we're facing, one of the reasons why I don't think we surrender is because we believe that God is in control. We believe that regardless of what I do, whatever God wants to happen will happen. Whatever God doesn't want to happen, it's just not going to happen. So what's the point of surrendering? We believe that God is in control. And this is what we have to understand today. The only control that God has is the control that is surrendered to him. The only control that God has in your life is the control that you surrender to him. If they never took the fish and loaves to Jesus, Jesus would have had nothing to work with. Jesus had the ability. Jesus knew what he could do. But it still took someone surrendering control for Jesus to do what only he could do. God is not in control unless you surrender the control that you have to him. And I think it's really easy to believe this, and it preaches real good, and it sounds really good. But God has given you the power to choose. God wants to see things turn around in your life. But you're going to have to invite him into that situation by surrendering control to him. We believe that he's in control, and that thought itself can keep us from really living a life that's fully surrendered to God. I think another reason why we don't surrender situations to God, we don't surrender the pressures of life to God, is because we somewhat believe that we can do a better job with the situation that God can. And, and I'm guilty of this. I'm guilty of this. I, God, I, can, I can do a better job than God could ever do. Growing up, like I said, my first love was basketball. And when I got out onto the basketball court, I really, really, really wanted to be a point guard. But again, I was a big boy, and I wasn't very quick on my feet. And everyone told me the point guard is probably not the position for you. But I'm like, I don't care what you say. I want to be Kobe Bryant. I want to be the, the, the first Mexican 
Kobe Bryant. And, and I, for the longest, I thought it was Kobe Bryant. And so not Bryant, there's a T at the end of his name. And so they, they were laughing at me. And I, and I want to be, or it could have been my Latino accent that I did have because Spanish was my first language. I want to be Kobe Bryant. And, and, and I remember I finally had my opportunity to be Kobe. And I made a huge mess and full of myself on the court. I was tripping over myself. People were stealing the ball from me. I realized that I made a real lousy point guard. And I had to remind myself in my own life recently, when I realized I thought I could do a better job than God, God said, listen, you make a real lousy God. You make a real lousy God, Andrew. You make a good Andrew, but you make a real lousy God. God, and, and I know so many times we think we can do a better job at this situation that God can, but I, I just want to remind you, I know you're great. I know you're awesome. I know you got a lot of followers on Instagram, but you make a lousy God. We make lousy gods. And I just want us to know today, God can do more with the loaves and the fish of your life than you could ever do in a thousand years. God can do more in a moment than you could ever accomplish in a lifetime. The reason why we don't surrender is because we believe we can do a better job than God. The last reason why I believe we don't surrender situations to God, why we don't take the steps that he's asking us to take, is because of fear. Fear. The Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear. Fear is a spirit that desires to paralyze you. Not physically, but from living a life that's surrendered. Fear understands that if you ever had the courage to really surrender something to God, you become a dangerous force to the kingdom of darkness. A person that knows how to live a fully surrendered life to God is a real dangerous person to the kingdom of darkness. And fear understands this. So fear always wants to present the thought of, how is that even possible? They're talking about be generous, give God a dime of every dollar. If you do that, how am I going to how am I going to have, how, 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 how's this, how's this going to happen? How, 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 how's this going to happen? It's, it's fear. And fear is trying to keep you from responding to God. I think about this story, and I think about Philip's response. Philip says, how could we do this? It would take us months and months to to, to, to make money, to even provide for the people that are here. How are we going to do this, Jesus? I don't, I don't see it. But it's interesting that Jesus never asked Philip, how are we going to feed him? He said, where can we buy bread? Jesus was looking for an opportunity to present to them, and Philip's over here freaking out about how is that even possible? And I think so many times when God presents great godly opportunities for us, the first thing our mind goes is, how is that possible? God, you, God says, I, I, can, I can heal you, and then you go back and look at the diagnosis, and you're like, but how is that possible? God's like, yo, I can protect you, and you're like, I know, but God, even if you did this, how is that possible? God's like, I can save your family, and then you go back to thinking, but my kids are this. How is that even possible? And fear is trying to keep you from surrendering that situation to God. But if you can ever resist that spirit of fear and respond not to the spirit of fear, 
but respond to the Spirit of God, I believe that God would have access in your life, and you'll be standing there wishing you did it a lot sooner. God never fails. When you feel the pressure, don't yield to fear. Surrender it to God. Fear's goal is for you to keep your problem tight in your hands because that spirit has seen. That spirit that's, that, that you're dealing with today has seen what God can do when people surrender situations. That spirit remembers when they took the fish and loaves to Jesus. It remembers what happened when they surrendered it, and it knows that if you ever surrender your situation to God, it's as good as done. A person that can resist that spirit of fear and surrender their situation to God, believe like a child, and have faith like a, have faith like a child, I'm telling you, your best days are still in front of you. A person that surrenders their life, their situation to God is a person that will experience the life they were intended to experience. You know, surrendering a situation I know can seem like, here's my situation, God, and there it goes, and I'll see you later. Let me know when you're done with it. But, but just because you surrender a situation doesn't necessarily mean that you're out of a job. When we surrendered the ball to Big G, that didn't mean that all of us hit the sideline and watched G go. We just played a different role on the field. And I want to bring some clarity to what I'm talking about when I'm saying surrender a situation. I want to bring some clarity to that because there's two things specifically that we're surrendering when we're talking about surrendering something to God. Number one, I'm surrendering my thinking for his thinking about the situation. I'm surrendering my thinking for God's thinking. I know what you think about your problem, but what does God think about your problem? I know we know what we think about our situation, but what does God think about our situation? I know we know what we think about our business, but what does God think about our business? I gotta learn how to surrender my thinking for God's thinking. My human thinking for God's divine thinking. And we have to understand that we do not naturally think like this. We don't. We don't wake up in the morning and think like this. We don't. So every day, I have to make a conscious decision, specifically in those areas that I'm struggling in, whether it be in my marriage, whether it be with my kids, whether it be in my finances, whether it be in my mind, I have to take my thinking about that situation and I have to line it up to what he says about it and I have to make a conscious decision that, Andrew, I don't care what you think, I embrace this. Andrew, I don't care what you feel, I embrace this. Your feelings will lie to you. I have to, on purpose, keep this in front of me and I have to make a decision to surrender my thinking for his thinking. When I, when I do that, I'm, I'm halfway there. And, and, and once you've learned to surrender your thinking for his thinking about your situation, number two, you're gonna have to surrender your doing for his doing concerning your situation. I wanna say that one more time. You're going to have to surrender your doing 
for his doing as it pertains to your situation. When you experience that problem, there's a natural tendency in you to respond. You're going to have to look at that respond, and you're going to have to ask yourself, is that the response that God wants me to give, or is there a different response that he has? We can think like God thinks, but if we don't take the practical steps that he has called us to take, we are not surrendered. And if we are not surrendered, God cannot get in the mix of your life. I got to surrender my thinking for his thinking, and then I got to surrender my doing for his doing. I'm sure when those disciples, and someone can help me close here, I'm sure with those disciples, they thought to themselves, as they looked at the loaves and fish, they pulled out their little, their little knives thinking, well, man, if we slice and dice the fish in this, this way and we cut bread up in little pieces, we might have a, no, 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 God's like, yo, stop your doing. Let's, 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 let's surrender your doing for my doing. And take what you have and bring it to me. To every problem that you're facing today in your life, there is a step within that problem that you can take. God has his part in the miracle, but you also have your part in the miracle. And I've seen in my life, a lot of times I get our parts mixed up. I always end up with God's part and my part's just left over here, but it's time that we change what we've been doing if we want to see some different results in our life today. Is it, going to, is it going to make me feel uncomfortable? Probably, but a surrendered life is a great life. It's a life of rest, it's a life of peace, and it's the life that you're called to live today. Surrendering does not mean that I'm out of a job. It just means I play a different role on the field. I'm surrendering my thinking for his thinking, and I'm surrendering my doing for his doing. I want to end with just one more thing, even as we close today. The band will come up, and we'll get into one more song of worship before we, uh, before we end the day. Um, but I, I just, this, and this may not be for, for everybody, but I hope that it could bring some hope to somebody, because I know on Friday it really stood out to me in this story. And this is to anyone that, that, that has felt the pressure of life recently. You know, maybe your business is shut down right now because of everything going on, and you're thinking to yourself, man, I've worked really hard to get here. How, how, is, how is this going to happen? Maybe your marriage looks like it is completely over at this point. And you're thinking like, God, I know you have a plan, but I just don't know how it's, how it's going to happen. Maybe the kids that you've been praying for, believing would, 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 would surrender their lives to God. Maybe they're acting a fool today, and you don't know how God's going to do it. Maybe today you find yourself feeling really sick in your body. Things don't seem to be getting better, and you're sitting there confused like, God, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck. I don't see a way out of this one, God. To the person that has fully surrendered that situation to God, I've got good news for you, and I want to read this verse to you before we transition. And it's super, super simple, but I think it's going to speak to us today. In John chapter 6, verse 6, 
This is after Jesus looks at Philip and says, hey, like, where are we going to buy bread? Verse 6 says this, and this is, this, this is God's word to you today, the person that is ready to really surrender that situation to God. He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. As it pertains to your situation, I know you don't know, but God already knows what he's going to do. You feel stuck, I know, but God already knows what he's going to do. You've been crying yourself to sleep thinking, man, I didn't think it was going to last this long. God already knows what he's going to do. Someone needs to hear this today. God already knows. He, he's already set the solution aside. He knows what he's going to do. If I can surrender my thinking for his thinking, if I can surrender my doing for his doing, I will experience the miracles that God has already set aside for me. Let's pray. God, today, we just thank you for being good and faithful. We humble ourselves today, God. God, we humble ourselves today, and we acknowledge that we need you. We are not God. We don't have the answers. We don't have it figured out. God, we need you. We need your strength. We need your peace. And we need your courage. God, today, I pray for anyone watching. God, I just pray that they would have the boldness and courage to surrender their lives to you, to surrender their cares to you. And God, as they take those steps, myself included, God, do what only you can do. We'll stand in amazement of what our God has done. We will see the goodness of God here in our city, here in our families. Maybe you're out there today and you're watching and you've never had a relationship with God. Maybe there's something in you that's like, man, I know there's more to life than just what I know. There is. And knowing God can be a game changer in your life. The Bible makes it clear that when I surrender my life to God, you may not even know what that looks like. I didn't know what that looked like when I made that decision. But I said, God, like if you're real, here I am. Whatever you want me to do, I'm right here. My faith is not in myself. My faith is in you. In that moment, the Bible says that your eternity is secured in heaven. But not only that, you can find hope for your life in this world today. All that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is, is Lord and you put your trust in him, it's, it's a done deal. And I want to lead you in a prayer today for those that want to make that decision. I'm going to ask you to repeat this after me. Say this. Say, Jesus, today I surrender my life to you. I believe that you lived for me, and I believe that you died for me. 
And I believe that God rose you from the dead for me. Today I call you my Savior. And I make you my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.